This is the Heal from Toxic Relationships podcast with me, Dr. Sarah, empowering you to heal from painful relationships to rediscover your self-worth and confidence because you are ready to be the best version of yourself. Why people remain in trauma-bonded relationships? The thing is, is that I get a lot of comments from people who are in a trauma-bonded relationship. And so they then kind of really question themselves and they say, I know it's really unhealthy for me, but at the same time, I just can't seem to leave. It's almost like this relationship has a hold over me. It's almost like it's got a grip over me and, and I don't know what's going on. But then for other people outside of this trauma-planted relationship, so it might be a friend, it might be a family member, it might be a co-worker, whoever, and they look at the person who's really struggling in this relationship and they're like, why? Why are you staying? And so first off, I want to say that people who remain in trauma-planted relationships, they don't stay because they're stupid. They don't stay because they don't see the difficulties, they don't see the challenges, they don't experience the pain. They're well aware of all of those aspects. It's just that there is something that is really blocking them from being able to take control and ownership and to feel empowered enough to take the step forward that actually would be most beneficial for themselves. So I'm going to be talking about three really unusual reasons as to why people remain in trauma-wanted relationships. And these may not be typical reasons that you expect, something like social isolation or financial dependency, but these are reasons that are really deep-rooted. And the first reason why people stay in trauma-bonded relationships is actually because of safety. Now, this might seem really counterintuitive because actually the relationship itself does not feel safe. The relationship itself is filled with this sense of anxiety, this sense of threat, this sense of worry that the other person is going to leave, abandon you, they're going to criticize you, they're going to judge you. That treat people stay because of something called cognitive dissonance that leaves you to believe that it is safer to stay. So basically what I mean by that is that the person who's vulnerable in this relationship, who's really struggling, they know that on one hand, they're being criticized, they're being attacked, and there's this threat of the relationship ending. But then on the other hand, they also know or they believe that if the relationship ends, things are going to be a lot worse for them. So there might be the threat to them, the backlash, there might be the threat of, well, what is going to happen to me if the relationship ends? Is anybody ever going to love me again? Is anybody ever going to want to be with me? Am I okay? Am I even good enough for other people? And so there's this real conflict in terms of, okay, so on one hand, it's really painful to stay and it feels really, feels really threatening to stay. It feels really anxiety provoking, but at the same time, I kind of know what to expect and I know how to deal with it. And so when we're in this split mental state, especially when we've experienced trauma, we are likely to justify the reason for staying. We are likely to justify the reasons for staying in a situation that we're familiar with. And it's not because we feel happy about the situation. It's not because the situation gives us joy and comfort. That actually, we end up finding comfort in the familiarity. So by the very fact that we know what to expect, we kind of interpret that safety, even though 
objectively, logically, if you step out of the picture, it's not really that safe. It can actually be really harmful and really detrimental to our psyche, to our soul, to our mental health and well-being. But like I said, we somehow negotiate in our own mind, arguing that it is safer to stay than it is to leave. Actually, leaving would be a more dangerous option, even though objectively speaking, actually, that might not be the case. The other level of safety is also our physiological level. So basically what happens is that when you are under chronic stress, which is caused by a trauma-bonded relationship, there is a high level of corticotrophy-releasing factors that get released into your system. And so basically what that means is that it activates the sympathetic nervous system, it activates the fight or flight response, you have a lot of cortisol, a lot of adrenaline that gets rushed through your system, and so your baseline stress levels are elevated. And so all of a sudden, you are in this constant state of anxiety, and it only takes the smallest trigger to really set you off. And so if you're already on this high alert status, you are also simply looking for anything to calm you down. And so anything that would be a shift to the status quo, that is even more triggering. And so on a physiological level, you end up remaining in this situation. Your brain kind of interprets from the bonded situation as being the safety because, again, it's what your brain becomes familiar with. And so to, to get your brain to think about doing something different, i.e. leaving, that in itself, when you're already in a very heightened state of stress, it's almost like that actually just is is a little uh, nugget that kind of pushes you, but it actually pushes you off the edge and it, and it becomes really, really intolerant. And so certain parts of the brain that help us think logically to get to a place of safety is shut down. Whereas actually our limbic system, which is our stress response, that is fully in alert. And it is also detecting oxytocin, the bonding love hormone. And so it becomes really confused. And so ultimately it attaches love with stress. And so it also interprets love as being safety, but then that's also associated with stress. And so in a way it reinforces that negotiation that we end up doing internally, that remaining in a trauma bonded relationship is safe for us and actually it's filled with love whereas the truth is is that that's not necessarily the case we know objectively that it is fueled with trauma it's fueled with danger and that can actually be really threatening for us the second reason as to why people remain in such difficult situations or a trauma-bonded relationship is actually around codependency. And I'm not talking about the typical codependency that you might experience, that you might expect or read about, but actually it's the dependency on what that relationship means to that person's identity. And so in other words, a you are experiencing a lot of attacking comments if you're experiencing a lot of criticism, a lot of judgment, a lot of um, negative statements towards your attributes but you already feel pretty bad about yourself if you're quite low in terms of your self-worth in terms of your self-esteem self-confidence what happens is that those comments those abusive comments that you're getting marry up to what it is that you already believe about yourself and so if that's the case it's a perfect match makes sense to your subconscious and so 
95% of our behaviors are governed by our subconscious mind. And so when you're scanning the world and when you're scanning relationships to try and find the perfect partner for you, you select the person who matches up what it is that you subconsciously believe about yourself. And so if you come from a place of, I am not good enough, and this is something that's a hidden belief within your subconscious, and then all of a sudden you see somebody to evoke that sense of you not being good enough, weirdly, you get attracted to that. Even though on a, on a logical level, on an objective level, that might not make a lot of sense and, and it sounds counterintuitive, but subconscious mind is not logical. And so actually we get attracted to what is familiar, what it is that we expect about ourselves rather than what it is that we want in a relationship. And so this is really key to pay attention to. And so subconsciously, we actually have this level of dependency on that person to mirror to us what it is that we think we believe about ourselves. And so we become dependent on this abusive dynamic. Again, doesn't make logical sense. Uh, actually sounds really counterintuitive, but this is what our subconscious ends up looking for. And so we end up depending on this person to give us that sense of abuse, to give us that sense of criticism because it matches with our self-worth. And so if we end up facing somebody who doesn't play into that role, who doesn't necessarily evoke those triggers that live within uh, inside of us, it's almost like we don't even see them as people. It's almost like we don't even recognize that that's a relationship that speaks to our soul because it doesn't, it doesn't marry up to our subconscious beliefs about ourselves. So we can develop this dependency in terms of this person mirrors what it is I believe about myself. And so subconsciously I'm dependent. But also we end up developing a dependency on the relationship because of what that person makes us believe that we fulfill their role. So again, if we're coming from a place of low self-worth and then all of a sudden we're in a relationship with somebody who has narcissistic tendencies, which is what we tend to see in trauma-bonded relationships, is that they make certain comments about us being their saviour about us being the only person who really knows them, about this relationship being magical and it's the only thing that is really true in the world and and it's special in some way. And so if we're coming from a uh, place of low self-worth and somebody in front of us is saying that to us, it's really attractive. And so we end up depending on the role that we provide for that person because when we're in that love bombing stage or when we're in that trust and dependency stage all of a sudden they're making our lives feel like it has meaning it has worth however the meaning and worth of our life is dependent on this relationship on what they say we bring to the relationship how it is that we fulfill them and how it is that we fill the relationship and so all of a sudden, our worth is not just as we are. We're never in our essence. But our worth is very much dependent on this relationship and what it is that we provide for them or what it is that they tell us we provide for them. This, FYI, is a very dangerous place to be in because if we're constantly relying on making us, ourselves feel good based on our role in the relationship, 
we are forever going to be chasing that sense. We're forever going to be trying to improve our self-worth, but it's always going to be depending on something that's external to us that we have absolutely no control over. And so that's a really unhealthy place to be in because we're ultimately going to be on a shumps wheel. And so your self-worth is really something that's internal to you. It has nothing to do with external factors. But the moment that we start to attach it onto external factors, for example, how attractive I am, how much money I earn, what it is that I can accomplish, as soon as we start to attach our self-worth onto all of these external things, which the abusive person and the inner trauma-bonded relationship really encourages to do, our self-worth is going to plummet because we're forever going to be chasing. We're forever going to be trying to make ourselves feel better, but we're never going to get there. The goalpost always moves. And then the person who always moves the goalpost. And so they, this, this puts us in a really toxic cycle that we can never escape from. The final reason as to why people may stay in a trauma-bonded relationship is actually to do with the sense of loss and grief. And so as much as it may feel really healthy to move away from a relationship that causes so much trauma day in, day out, there is a lot of loss that gets experienced with hidden the idea of actually moving away from such a painful, such a traumatic relationship. And the loss is more in terms of the recognition, in terms of what it is that we've allowed ourselves to live with. So if you imagine yourself being in a trauma-bonded relationship for years and you have invested so much in this relationship, you have literally given your soul to this relationship, but then all of a sudden, this person's gone, well, all of a sudden you decide to leave. You have to be okay with losing that level of investment, the thing that you have given your soul, your energy, your money, your everything to. And so to walk away from that, that is really, really difficult because you're you're having to acknowledge to yourself, you know what, that was an investment and it didn't work out the way that I wanted it to. But not only that, I kept feeding this investment because of the trauma, because of that cycle that I was in that I could never get out of because I really couldn't find my own sense of worth. And so I just kept feeding into this relationship in order for me to get my sense of worth from somebody who was never going to give it to me, from someone who was so inconsistent with me, from someone who kept changing the goalposts for me to be good enough. And so to, to even get to a stage where you pull the bandage off when you're having to walk away from this painful relationship, you also have to acknowledge that it's a huge loss. Sure, there's the loss of the relationship itself and potentially the good times that you had, the, the, the bond, the affection that you guys had, but actually it's a huge loss in the sense of the loss of self that actually you start realizing that you got destroyed in this process, in this relationship. You you lost who you were. You lost your essence. And as the relationship progressed, as you stayed longer and longer, really hoping to be worthy of affection, really hoping to be loved within this relationship, the longer that you stayed, the more of your self-worth you lost. 
because actually you were just constantly on this hamster wheel trying to get better and better in this other person's eyes. But you were, you were depleting during that whole process. It was almost like you were killing yourself during that relationship. And so when you leave, you recognize that you've become a hollow version of yourself. That is painful to come to that realization. To come to the realization that actually you thought all of this, you tolerated all of the trauma, you tolerated all the criticism, the abuse, the aggression, the neglect, you tolerated all of that to be hollow. And that is real trauma. And to, to, to allow yourself to get to that stage, that is really difficult. And so there can be a lot of resistance, a lot of not wanting to face the reality of, of how much it is that you've lost within that relationship, within that time that you had together. And so as much as a lot of people question, why would you stay in a relationship with somebody who hurts you so much? Why would you stay in a relationship where you know you're just experiencing pain when you know that they're critical of you, when you know that they're not very nice and they threaten that they're going to leave you and all, all this stuff? Why would you stay? And so people on the outside of this relationship, colleagues, friends, family, they look at you and they're like, what are you doing? Um, you're not stupid. And the thing is, it's like you're not stupid. It's just you have all of these subconscious defense mechanisms kicking in to try and preserve you, to try and protect you from the traumas that you're experiencing. But actually the biggest thing that I would say is that taking a step out of this relationship, taking a step back and really looking at what is happening, really looking at what's happening to your soul and how it is that you're being affected through this process of being in the relationship that is going to be key in order to allow you to heal because as much as you may recognize all of these injuries, what's worse is remaining in a place where you are perpetually being injured, where you're perpetually being picked. And so stepping out, awareness is one of the hardest things, but it's the first stage and it's actually the most important step as well. And so the moment that you get awareness, then you can really make a choice of what it is that you would want for yourself. Would you want to continue down this path? Would you want this to be your life in the next year, in the next three years, five years, 10 years? Would you want children and would you want your kids to witness this and to witness this as being a normal form of relationship, that this is actually the healthiest thing? They don't want, even like forget about kids, even if you don't want kids, that's totally fine. But, but actually, is this what you want for your inner child, for your inner soul? Is this really the thing that is going to be the healthiest for you, the thing that's going to feed you the most? Or is it actually the thing that is depleting you the most? Because we've been given this gift of life and uh, however it is that you're um, oriented whether you're religious or spiritual or, or neither and that's totally fine but actually for the very fact that you exist that in itself is powerful it's significant and so the moment that you get awareness then you can start to choose what is it that I would like to do with my existence what is it that I would like to do in terms of my own inner being and what is it that would really serve me that would really protect me long term but also for now 
And so I would absolutely love to hear your feedback and your comments on this. Please do get in touch if you've got any questions. And thank you so much for joining me.